Hi, I'm Sam Sells, and welcome to my podcast, Clean Money. I'm a serial entrepreneur that has led over 2 billion development projects around the world. But the work I am most proud of is the work we do here at Wildmont Capital. We not only create great returns for our socially conscious investors, but we make an impact in the many communities we work in and we change lives. I like to say investing matters, and my show is to talk with everyday folks that are not only creating great success, but making an impact in society and improving the lives of others. That is my mission, and I wanna share my stories and others with you. Welcome to Clean Money. Hi everyone, thank you again for joining. Um, welcome to Clean Money. Please tell, uh, I'm sorry, let's go ahead with uh, our guest. Today is Josh Cadillac. Uh, Josh Cadillac is a real estate coach, na national speaker and author who trains real estate professionals how to close for life. I love that by building lasting success through extensive knowledge. His unique method combines the education real estate professionals need to survive in this industry with the tools to convert that knowledge into rapport, credibility, and trust. Josh has been a top producer since going full-time in 2008, quickly earning many of the most prestigious certifications and designations in the industry. Hi, Josh. Thank you so much for joining the Clean Money Podcast. Hey, Sam, any chance to hang out with you, buddy, is is good times in my book. That's uh, not even a foregone conclusion. I'd be happy to be here. Yeah, thanks, man. It was a pleasure and fun to talk to you before. I I love talking to people who truly want to educate others and, and make a difference in the world. And you are one of those uh, folks. Thanks. And so I try, I try, I'm trying to do, try, trying to, trying to fight the good fight here. And, uh, you know, especially in a play in a space like I'm in, which is real estate, where the, the general perception of, of what a real estate agent is, isn't a particularly flattering one. And, um, sadly, there's plenty of people in the space that have bought into those wrong ideas that perpetuate that, uh, that negative impression that people have of real estate. agents. so I, I think that the negative impression they have is, is a realistic one in a lot of cases. And, that's what's sad. Trying to take and, and fix that in the industry if I can. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. You know, looking at it from the other side of the the investor spectrum is like we should do better. We can do better, and many people are. It's just not advertised or being shown. And and I know what you're doing is trying to help them become better at who they are and what they do. So if you could just tell the audience a little bit about who you really are, besides what a bio says on a piece of paper. Um, I think that the, 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 the critical things that, that went into, uh, making the crazy that, that has become me, um, is probably my, my father, I was, I was blessed. My dad was born in 1930. Um, and so he had a very, he lived through the great depression, lived through world war II, and he, he knew what it was like to go without, he knew what it was like to work really hard. Um, and he knew what it was like to take true pride in his product. And, and that to me was something that he really instilled in me at a young age, like if you're not going to do something great, don't even start. Yeah. You know, you pursue excellence because and nothing short of excellence is worth doing. And so, um, you know, kind of this idea, I, I suppose the way I've tried to sort of put it into terms that people are familiar with today is, is the building of your own brand. Mm -hmm. I, I was just teaching a class a, a minute ago and I was saying, look, you have the choice to be a Hyundai or to be a Bentley. 
Well, yeah. in order to be a Bentley, what do you have to do? Well, you have to have some crazy standards of, you know, the tolerances of how you're going to make your vehicle and, you know, where you're going to get the, you know, the Tibetan yak hair rugs that you're going to, you know, like yeah. this crazy, but you're not going to sell anything less than that because that's the quality of what you're going to put out. And so as an individual, we kind of let other people set that for us as opposed to taking individual responsibility and saying, hey, look. I'm me, I'm responsible for what I do, and I have standards for me that despite the fact that I could get a buy with these lower standards, I'm not going to go there. I'm yeah. going to hold myself to these standards, come hell or high water. I don't care what happens. I'm going to do things this way because that's the way that I roll. That's what my brand, that's who I am. That's who I'm comfortable being yeah. and the life that I'm comfortable living. I'm comfortable living with myself if I'm this kind of person. And if I'm not, I need a change. Because I don't want to live with that kind of person. Well, that's, I mean, that's scary, right? To a lot of people, because one, to say that I need to change and become a better version of me who is focused on my brand. We call it brand now, but it's like who you are or yeah. what you do, right? And and maybe you want to be the best janitor in the world and that's fine. That's who you are. And that's what you Absolutely. want to do. Absolutely, man. We need people who know how to clean because a lot of places are dirty, right? But it's a, acknowledging that you can achieve excellence and you can build something that's much bigger than yourself. I love that. It's, it's motivating and I could, I could hear your passion um, because it's real. It's something that you believe in and, Oh my God. 100%. I mean, when like, you said, when you, I, I uh, love that you mentioned janitors because I remember walking with my dad, going to an attorney, and the guy was a super high priced attorney. And we're walking out. My father did not have a very favorable impression of the guy. He thought the guy was lazy and whatever. And for some reason, we had to sit in the lobby for a little bit. And the janitor was walking around, and my father was watching the guy cleaning. He says, You see that? That's how you work. That guy, he saw this little thing and he got down there and he cleaned it. He said, I saw it when I came in and this guy went down there and he, like, it was the kind of thing that like was above and beyond to get done. Yeah. And, you know, ex and my father had respect for that guy. Yeah. My but not respected. the high price lawyer. Right. Exactly. Because you can be a bum in any pay grade in his yeah. book. And so look. I know people are afraid of change and I get that change is scary. And a lot of times we don't change until we're forced to, I was forced to change when in 2008, I basically got completely wiped out and I had to start from scratch. It forced me to take and not just casually be introspective and kind of better myself. Now it's how am I going to eat? Things need to change. Yeah. And so, um, but here's the thing, isn't life an exercise in change? I mean, we come into this world, you know, pooping on ourselves and not being able to <laughs> silverware, right? And yeah. we figured that out. We figured out deodorant. I mean, that was a change, right? Yeah. I mean, we figured out brushing our teeth. We figured out we had to do different things to take and fit in with society and to be successful in society. We decided we needed to go to school. Is school not change, right? All of this stuff is part of a process of change. I didn't get the memo. When did that process of change, when is that supposed to stop? Never. Yeah, every day above dirt is a day for a chance to grow. And if you're not growing, you're dying. Make take your pick. Yeah, one of the biggest things that I just it drives me crazy, and I hear this uh, spoken, you know, in this generation particularly, is like you just need to accept who you are. And, no. and I think, are, are you saying that you should stop trying and just be a bomb and accept the fact that you're a bomb and not do anything? I mean, what? 
No. <laughs> Sam, I love it. It's a question I ask agents all the time in class. I say to them, who here agrees that there's a better version of you inside of you that you've never seen yet? That there's a better version of you in there someplace. Every hand goes up. Every once in a while, I'll have somebody that wants to be really passive aggressive and keeps their hand down. I'm saying, so, okay, you're telling me you've peaked. You're done. It's downhill for here from you. And then slowly the hand goes up with a smile on their face, right? Because yeah. everybody wants to think there's more in the tank. And then I say to everybody, okay, whose job is it to get that out? Because if you die with your best stuff in the tank, I'm sorry, your story of life is a tragedy. You yeah. had your best stuff in there and you never got it out. That's brutal. It's Who brutal. wants to die with their magnum opus? It's still in them. It makes no sense. And so here's the crazy thing. Here's the thing that's really nuts about it. If you improve you, who was the biggest beneficiary? You are. Dude. You're stuck with you for the rest of your life, for God's sake. Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to do the work to make you have better company for the rest of your life? Even the conversations you have when you talk to yourself look better. Right. I mean, it's it's a win across the board. And oh, by the way, the next tier of beneficiaries of that is everybody that you're around all the time that you love and care about. They also do better when you're a better person. So why wouldn't you invest in the most important things in life by trying to get you to be a better version of you? It makes no sense. To me. It, it makes no sense. And and we get like, you know, hammered. Of, well, you know, I'm not a model or I'm not this or I'm not that. And if you look at. I don't know if you know this story, but the British uh, cycling team uh, had been terrible, like the laughing stock of Tour de France and everything else, just absolutely terrible. And they hired, just to keep this short, they hire a manager and he comes in, a new manager uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And he's like, we're going to make every single thing 1% better. The, mm -hmm. how you pedal, the pedals, the crank, the bike, the, you know, your breathing, your everything just incrementally better just slightly better and then you know it revolutionized british cycling and now they're constantly winning and and all these things they, they fixed 100 years of terrible terrible neglect that's not a good word but yeah neglect neglect I mean, yeah the, the opportunities were there and they were neglected and who was the loser in that whole process it was everybody that participated in that right everybody when you're less than what you're capable of being, the more time you spend in that space, everybody around you loses. And, you know, the issue really is, Sam, I think, is there's a tremendous addiction in this country to comfort. Um, we are addicted to being comfortable. And look, I'm, I'm up there. I mean, if you ask me about like going on vacation, yeah, if you're going camping, you lose me. Because I want to be comfortable, Sam. I mean, I will hike with you to, you want to go, I'll hike with you. As long as it's a hotel room with running water at the end of the day and air conditioning or heat, depending upon where we are, I am your huckleberry, put me in. But if there's a tent involved, I want nothing to do with it. It's the reason why I go on cruises, man. I yeah. go on a cruise, they make the bed up three times a day. Sometimes I'm in the bed and they make it up. I wake up, the bed's made around me, there's a mint on my forehead. That's my <laughs> kind of travel, right? I have my own addiction to comfort, all right? Yeah. So I get it. I get it. I know this is big talk, but I mean, it just, we have to recognize that that comfort is 100% disguising, disguising the life that we're capable of getting out of ourselves. It's it's hiding it from us. Um, and, and so we almost have to, I, I, the best way I can describe it is embrace the suck. 
Yeah. We have to learn to almost embrace, like when I go to the gym, guys, you know, people see me and they're like, oh, you go to the gym. All yeah, I do go to the gym all the time. If you ask me if I like it, no, I don't like it. I, yeah. I wish I could sit around and eat Oreos and not have to go to the gym and look the way that I want to do, but I can't. Right. But I know when I go there, it's going to suck, but I've learned to embrace that suck and it's going to be long and it's going to be hard and it's, and we're, we're going to survive and I'm going to come at a better version of myself on the other side of it. That's it, man. I, I love donuts. They are fantastic. <laughs> That's a statement that should stand on its own. I love, I love donuts. donuts. However, when I eat donuts, I feel terrible, right? Like yep. physically terrible <laughs> and everything. And it's like, man, I just threw away, you know, two weeks worth of exercise because I wanted to indulge myself for a little bit. And, yep. you know, I, I just coming back to that and then fixing my life again is like, oh, now I need to eat healthy and clean. And when I eat clean, when I, I live clean, my life is better. It's just better. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, there's, there's a piece for that. There's, there's that balance, right? It's always a balance because I mean, I would, I would put forth to you that food is one of the great pleasures in life. I mean, you're talking to a certified fat kid. You tell yeah. me we're going on a trip. I'm asking where we're eating when we get there. Yeah. Like at, where we're staying comes after that. What we're going to see. Oh, we're going to Rome. They have some great restaurants. Where are we going? Oh yeah. The Coliseum. <laughs> we're going to see that too. Right. You're like, it, it's an also <laughs> ran for this fat kid right here. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, keeping that in balance, I'm not going to lie. I work out so that I can eat bad when I want to, because, you know, <laughs> yeah. I really, I enjoy a good meal, you know, let me be, and let me be a fat kid for a little bit. But I know when I do that, I have to pay the penance, as you said, going for, I'm going to feel like dirt later on. Right. <laughs> um, but you go in with your eyes wide open and you're trying to always take and, and, and come out of this thing with the great quality of life, a life that you can look back on and be proud of what you've done. Yeah. I mean, and so many people go to work every single day and just survive. They're not happy with what they do. They, they're miserable in their work. And, and part of it is their expectation is unrealistic. And part of it is they're afraid, back to that fear of truly pursuing excellence in their work, truly pulling and, and giving it all they've got. Because the fear that comes from that, and I run at this a lot when I do coaching, Sam, is they're afraid if they give it everything and it fails, that's got to reflect directly on them and their ability. And, and sadly, that mm -hmm. failure might be a true indicator that maybe you're allocating yourself, your, your main primary resource, to something that's not really what you're meant to do. Maybe you need to find the, something that you can do that for you to do it as joy that you can pursue with excellence. Absolutely. I love that. And, and sometimes it's just a speed bump. Absolutely. Get back up and go. But you know, through those failures, we learn a lot about ourselves and who we are and, and what we're doing, right? It's real estate. You can fail. You can absolutely oh fail in real estate and it can hurt, but you're not dead. That's right. That's right. You pick yourself back up, dust yourself off. I mean, look, folks, I got beat up in real estate. I went into real estate after that. I was a real estate investor. I went into the business of real estate after that because it's what I knew. I, I knew that I knew I was getting closer and closer to the thing that I was meant to do, right? Yeah. I, the thing that I'm here to do. I could feel it because it was easy for me to do things that for other people was harder. And then I found myself on the real estate education side of it. And, and every single day is pure joy for me. Yeah, I, I, I love doing this stuff. I still love investing in real estate. I still love being in the real estate business. But I go to, I go to work, guys. And 
man, when I put my head on my pillow at night, I know I do great stuff. I know when people take my class, it's like nothing else they've taken. I know because I've taken all the other classes and they're not great. They aren't great. They suck. There are so many terrible courses out there. Oh it's my not- gosh. Absolutely. And none of it has anything to do with what you actually need in order to do this business well. I mean, nobody yeah. is teaching differential cash flow. Nobody's sitting here talking about the inflationary market we're in and what the expectation, what an agent should know to advise their customer. Hey, this is what prices should do based upon everything that they've ever done in the past or an inflationary market. Nobody's talking about this. I'm like the voice in the wilderness with this stuff. And it's like the most obvious things you should be talking about if you're going to be in this business. Nobody talks about it. Nobody does. And so that's why people just kept saying to me, Sam, you've got to, you've got to get online. You have to share the fact that you can impact people's lives beyond just, you know, making a financial return. And I love that because you are impacting people's lives. You're helping them to change their lives and become better and teaching them things that the stinking system does not teach. When I think about my college career or whatever, I graduated when I was 29 or 30. I 30, I just turned 30 when I got my four-year degree, bachelor's degree. And I remember that whole time. And I remember like three professors who changed my life. One of them was there and gave us a one-hour lecture and it changed my life because he said, I'm free. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, let me show you about the point of choice and how you can become free. Changed my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. I drew a little thing on the on the chalkboard and I thought about life differently ever since. But you know, you don't get there's no course about how you can become incredibly successful and that fun what you really enjoy doing. So maybe you have to embrace the suck and work your butt off to become super successful through real estate, through whatever. So that you can go and be a professor, right? Or you can go teach, right? Mm -hmm. If you are using real estate as the means to your ends, which drives, you know, your passion and everything else drives that it's, it's education. And that's amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's a thing. And I mean, like, as you're saying, you know, when I talk about embracing the suck, even though I love what I do, I still have to embrace the suck. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't love writing the courses that I do. I love teaching the courses and Mm -hmm. I love knowing the information and I love, you know, finding the the insights for people that, you know, when they hear it, it's like, oh, wow, I had never thought about that. I love that part of it. But part of the process of that is every time I sit on an airplane, I got the noise canceling headphones on and I'm sitting there way banging away on Word documents, creating textbooks that I can then go submit to the state to get approved and all this stuff that I go through. That's my battle to to pursue what I'm passionate about. I love investing in real estate, man. When I start talking to people about investing in real estate, I I can't help it. Now, in that process, do I have to do research? Do I have to take and stay on top of things? Of course, that's part of what I pay to play. But for me, it's pure joy because I found the thing that I can function in and pursue excellence within. And so, you know, making peace with the idea that not all of it's going to be pure joy, but the pure joy that comes from doing something and knowing that it's done well, that that idea that the founders of this country had, the idea of the pursuit of happiness, yeah, which was the pursuit of the joy one gets from a life well lived. You know, you could think whatever you want to of the founders. I know people have all kinds of different opinions of the founders, but they were very well-read men who this country was built upon a lot of philosophy, 
yeah. lot of the major philosophy, a lot of looking at the bad ideas and the good ideas of what went on. They got some stuff right. They got some stuff wrong, whatever you want to say, right? Yeah. When it came to that idea of the pursuit of happiness, it was the joy one gets from living a life well, from a life well lived. And so many people have gotten away from that because the idea of a life that's well lived is one where you do a work that's meaningful and helpful to people, uh, that that you have a you know a, a social life and a family life that's meaningful and helpful, and you raise good people and you're around good people and you have good relationships and interactions, all of life in balance and a good thing, and and we've we've gotten out of balance, we've gotten really out of balance, and you know to me I think the most meaningful part of what I get to do is I've always thought the idea of maybe saying kind of like you said about that professor Sam that said that one thing that changed everything for you going forward. I, I don't deceive myself that I'm I'm that smart or sharp or whatever, but I always hoped that maybe I could at some point say or do that thing that would give somebody that experience that all of a sudden makes it click. Yeah. I remember there was this, this little girl, um, my, my parents adopted uh, uh, a, a girl before I was born and uh, she grew up and she had three kids. And two of the kids were were fine. And one of the kids had serious birth defect, Down syndrome, uh, had a feeding tube and or something, just not a good situation, right? Yeah. And it only grew to be like four foot, six inches tall, whatever. Of the three kids, hands down, the most successful of the three in life. I mean, now that she's an adult, most successful. The reason why they asked her why, and she said, because my mother had told her one time, you can do anything you put your mind to. And she never forgot that. That's amazing. And to me, that's goosebumps all day long, man. Yeah. Because I love, if I, if my life, if that's what people could say about me at some point, that there's a handful, one or two or three, I don't know, but that I could do that to me, that's meaningful. You know, I I, I love that. I was on a, a coaching call uh, before this and the guy got on, he successful, his company bought his company out. He's a commission-based employee. Um, everything got upended. He left that company, came to another company, and he's like, "I'm, I've been a salesperson for so long, made so much money, and I'm getting screwed. I'm getting hosed." And he was just completely depressed. And we talked to, you know, we went through some things about who you are and, and what's motivating you. And like, I started to see the lights come on. And at the end, he was smiling. He's like. I, I came into this so clouded and now I know what I need to do. Beautiful. Beautiful. Right. And it's, it's nothing that I said, right. It's nothing that you said. You just, you, you painted a picture and they looked at the picture. They saw beauty in the picture of who they could be in the future. Yeah. And now they're going after it. And well, it's one of the most powerful things in, in the human existence is hope. Yeah. And when you paint that picture and people can see there's a different way, that there's hope for 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 a brighter way, um, it, it, it gives people courage. It gives people courage because courage is such a such a tough thing. I mean, because fear is is always present. Yeah. But courage is the ability in the face of fear to act. Right. And so most people are paralyzed by their fear. And so you know, when you can give people that thing to hang on to, that idea, that picture, as you said, to take and, and, and have them see the light that there's a way through, man, it's, it's, it's really, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. And it's, 
it's how my life changed, you know, leaving the military, going right into that uncertainty moment and then, you know, coming back out um, successful and happy, but working my tail off to try and achieve what I want to achieve, which is to, you know, share with people that they can impact other people's lives significantly um, through these mechanisms and, and, and talk about clean money, right? Impact. We can have an impact and we should, you know, JFK said one person can make a difference and everyone should try, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's that mentality. You are trying to make a difference in other people's lives. And it, 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 Victor Frankel talked about man's search for meaning. You have found meaning, Josh, in your life. And it has created a ton of happiness. It's a reservoir. And when you're embracing the suck, because I do the same thing, I'm sitting on the airplane, the person next to me is watching a movie and I'm working and I'm thinking, I'm doing this because I'm trying to improve somebody's life. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I was on a flight actually, because that is like the flight, the noise canceling headphones on the flight. You can't yeah. beat it for work environment, right? Because nobody can bother me. Yeah. And I'm sitting nobody. on the flight and I got to a point that there's this PowerPoint that I'm collaborating with us on tokenizing commercial real estate assets. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not something I'm as familiar with as a lot of the other stuff that I do. And so I'm working with somebody that, that's helping with it. And I got to a point in the thing in the, in the PowerPoint, I was like, you know, I, I really... I, I can't proceed any further. I, I'm going to need to take and get on the phone with them and kind of work through how they want this, this next part to go. And it completely stopped me. And I'm like, I think it was flying to like Phoenix or Las Vegas or something like that. I got like three and a half hours left. I'm like, I think I have to watch a movie. I haven't done this in forever. I don't even know how this, like, how do you, where do you plug in? And so it was a cool experience. Yeah, Cause uh, awesome. yeah, it, it is. But you know, this, this is the thing I think that Sam, when, I, I kind of get this from people that they think that because we're doing well, that we're not working as hard anymore, um, that we don't have to. I mean, I know for me, I'm probably working harder than I ever have. Yeah. Period. I mean, I work till seven o'clock at night, pretty much every night. If I don't take and come back after I go to the gym and do some more work <laughs> afterwards, six days. I mean, if I show you my schedule, most of the time, if I'm out of town, I'm doing coaching sessions all the way till an hour and a half before my flight leaves so that I can make that a half an hour to make it to the airport, turn the car in. And I mean, it's just, it's one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And, and but it's okay. Cause I like doing all the stuff. So I don't yeah. mind piling it on. That's, that's been the same way for me. My wife just keeps saying you work so much. I'm like, I, I do because one, I, I enjoy it. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> it, it, when I, when I, you know, work for the military, it's like, I'm going on leave. You can't talk to me. I'm gone. Right. Yep. And, and now it's like, I'm go I'm leaving, but you know, there's things to do. And, and there I got is no coaching leave. calls and, you know, and I want to do these things, right. Uh-huh. I want to be on these calls because it makes a difference and we're all about making a difference. And, it may be a charitable case and making $0, but you guarantee it. I'm going to be on that call talking and helping someone because that's what I care about. That's what makes, that's what gives me meaning. Um, Nothing. My my father used to say to me, there's work, there's honor in all work. All work deserves to be done well. And so, uh, you know, that idea that I'm not going to phone in anything. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing it, it's going to be done the way it needs to be done because I'm the one doing it, not because of who I'm doing it for, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm the one doing it. And so I have to maintain my standards. That's, that's it. That's it. Um, it. The reward that you get is in your own soul. 
And that's yeah. a, that's a great place to get rewarded. It's it really a great is. place to get rewarded. It it's the best place. I would agree with that. All right. So people are scared. We've already talked for, you know, here 25 minutes or so. Can you just share, because this is real, we all make mistakes. Can you share a mistake that you've made and then how you overcame it? Um, well, I, I've had a couple of uh, business mistakes. I definitely found myself over leveraged in, uh, in 2007, coming to 2008. I, my, my portfolio was, I thought, you know, perfectly and well in balance. It was well within what normal risk tolerance tolerances would be. Um, but I opened a couple of restaurants at the same time. So my dumb idea was opening restaurants. Um, I length, I, I increased my debt position during the position of prior to doing that, but real estate prices were up. So my, my loan to values and all were all where they should be. And then they really weren't because while we were, you know, hundred percent occupied with a waiting list of, you know, 10 people long, as soon as, uh, 2008 happened, we went down to 65% occupied, couldn't afford our debt service anymore. Um, and so. That was one that really was, you know, it's tough because you, you, you'd been successful and successful and successful mm. and now you get your world rocked. And so then another one is I was uh, coming out of that. I had built some, a little bit of a real estate portfolio for myself. I started running a little real estate investment fund and uh, we were doing really well, made quite a bit of money doing that really great returns early on with uh, non-performing real estate uh, mortgages that we were buying and stuff like that. So we decided to expand. We ran into a guy that was a concert promoter. We decided we were going to go into that business as well uh, because we had this guy that was an expert in the field. And let's just say I I got my lunch eaten pretty badly. Not that the guy defrauded me or anything like that. He just wasn't as good at it as, uh, as we thought or he thought he was. Yeah. And so um, that was another instance where we lost a bunch of money. And you know, do I kick myself for that? I think how much the real estate would have been worth if I had that couple hundred thousand dollars that we blew on that deal. I mean, being north of six, seven hundred thousand dollars right now, yeah. um, and so, um, and that's cash. So if I if I had done what I would normally do and buy a you know seven hundred thousand dollar property, I'd probably have you know a yeah. million dollars in equity right now. Yeah. Um, but you you learn from this that you you start to make mistakes when you start to win a bunch. You start thinking you're better than you are, yeah. and so um, one of the, one of the best things I think that as an individual you can develop is a self-deprecating sense of humor. Uh, some of the most most successful people that I know that are, I say successful, that are people that I like to be around. Because there's a lot of successful people that I don't like to be around. Yeah. But the ones that are, are willing to take and, and make fun of themselves, um, they're all right in my book. They, they tend to, oh, you're so smart. I got you fooled, right? Like those kind of people, they're the best to be around because they're they're actively working on reminding themselves that we're, they're not as great as their best stuff and they're not as bad as their worst stuff we're somewhere in between yeah. and so um yeah that's that i think my self-deprecating sense of my picking on myself which i do a lot um i think that's where that comes from to try to keep the bubble in the middle so i never forget what an idiot i can be sometimes i 100 agree i i'm that way i remember sitting in a uh capital raising small capital raising group with a super successful guy and he just you know I'm the smartest person in the room and blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, and like under your breath, you're saying to yourself and the most humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all I can think is I never want to talk to this guy again. I don't, he's super successful, but I, sorry. Great. Good for you, man. You know, and, and the way you crafted it, all the people along the journey with you. Yeah. Nothing to you. 
I mean, I, I almost like, I want to be like, thank you so much for not even trusting me to have figured that out on my own. I'm glad you gave me the readers, like the cliff notes that you're so awesome. Like I didn't even have to figure it out for myself. So I appreciate you uh, explaining that process of, of living in awe of you. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just not worth it, man. I mean, not worth it. Good. It's yeah. just not cool. You have it. Yeah. You, you, anyways. All right. So um, tell me last question for you. Tell me something wild about yourself or, or different that people don't know. Um, so one of the things that typically surprises people about me is, when they find out is that I'm a competition level ballroom dancer. Oh, um, awesome. So, yeah. See, that's what everybody <laughs> says. Like they look at me and for somehow I don't fit the picture in their mind of that, that demographic. Um, but, uh, when I was in my early twenties, I was engaged to be married and, you know, as another guy, you probably can can relate to this. The the the, the future misses uh, that actually that actually didn't want to working out, but the the my my fiance at the time she wanted to dance the wedding, and I did what all guys do when they don't know how to dance. Dancing stupid. Who wants to dance? I don't want to <laughs> yeah. dance at my wedding. Dancing's dumb. That's right? Dumb. Yeah. Anytime you don't want to do it. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so uh, um I'm sitting there saying that, but I actually secretly started taking some ballroom dancing lessons just to not That's look good. like a complete clown. Um, and honestly, like, it's one of those things, Sam, that if you'd asked me before, would I like a version of me that knew how to dance better than one that didn't, I would say, well, yeah, you know, it would be great if I, I just don't want to go through the process of learning, but I, if I could, I'd really like to be the one that knows how to dance. I just don't want to go through the process of learning. So I embraced the suck yeah, and I, I, I went through the process <laughs> of, of learning and eventually I found out actually was one of the, one of the greatest stress relievers in the universe because it requires you to use both hemispheres of your brain simultaneously when you're leading and dancing didn't know this but you know you're coordinating movement at the same time as listening to music and keeping time and count and all this other stuff and so i found it physically impossible to think about anything else for that you know hour that i would do that a couple of times a week and um i didn't keep the fiance but i did keep the ballroom dancing and that one up being uh <laughs> I think, yeah, people see me, they're like, you know, I used to be a power lifter for a while. I was a bodybuilder for a long time, uh, played yeah. football for years, ballroom yeah. dancer. They don't see it coming. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, um, I'm continually impressed by people and, and, and Josh, you, uh, you impressed me before, and this is just even, you know, icing on the cake. I love it. I love your passion for making a difference. Um, and doing it in a way where people can be open and honest about it, which is what we're all about at Clean Money Podcast, sure. um, is making a difference in a way that people, that, that you can measure and you can see, right? Because we yeah. invest so many times, you invest in the stock market, you have no idea where that money goes, you don't know who's touching that, you don't know if they're terrible human beings, uh, but when somebody comes to you and either mm -hmm. invests with you or joins your your coaching course, they're they get a real human being who cares, who's going to make a difference, uh, who wants them to become successful. And to me, that's what it means to be clean. It's doing things in a way that improve our future selves. And if we're not doing it that way, we're wrong. Yeah. No, I mean, we're, do we're doing everything that we can to make things better. And, and we're doing it with the best, the, the maximal excellence that we can using all of our best effort in, in general to take and try to take and improve the situation. That's, that's really what it is. Yeah. And, you know, giving maximal effort is, is really the, the, the key component to the thing. 
You know, I, I am going to take, if somebody comes to me, I, I'm going to take and use everything that I can. I, I, that's, I lose less sleep on my business stuff than I've got somebody that's got a problem that I'm coaching and, you know, like I'm rolling it around. And, you know, if I see something throughout the week, I'm going to take and share that with them. That'll, 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 that'll take and, and help with the, the, the idea uh, that they, you know, what they're struggling with. And so, yeah, man, I mean, it's taking it personal, taking it personally, the, everything that we do. And I think this is one of the things that, that. Uh, is one of the reasons why I so appreciate what you do, Sam, is you take it personal as it's a reflection on you. It is. It's not, it's not business and personal. It's me. All yeah. of this reflects on me uh, and not in an arrogant way, in a, a responsible way. I'm responsible for all of this. Yep. And it's taking that responsibility and owning it. And we, and we have to. It, if you don't, it, whatever that show is now that is divided, you know, People, you know, and they're in the office and then they have no memory of it when they go to that home life. We can't live like that. No. And we, we just can't live like that. It, you're never going to be happy. There's no work life, personal life. There's only life. It's just life. It. Yeah. It's just life. And you got to get the whole thing in balance. And, and look, and it's going to be a struggle forever. You're probably never going to hit perfect balance. No. But just because it's hard to do doesn't mean that it's not worth pursuing. Love is hard to maintain. Doesn't mean that we don't pursue it all the time yeah. with everything that we have. It's not hard. It's not love. <laughs> yeah. You know. Exactly. Exactly. The best things in life, <laughs> the best things in life, the best relationships in life, all of them require effort and work. That's it. So just make peace with it and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Thank you for joining the show. How can, um, how can people reach you? Um, there's a few different ways. Um, if you like Instagram, it's Josh D Cadillac. Otherwise it's pretty much Josh Cadillac or Joshua Cadillac everywhere else. Uh, my podcast is called, uh, know your shit with Josh Cadillac, because I think if you're going to sell stuff, you should probably know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> and, um, yeah, if you want to see my course schedule or my book or anything like that, close for life, uh, com has all that stuff. Uh, you can see where I'm teaching all over the country. In fact, I'm teaching in 20 minutes from here, uh, on another class. So uh, another four hour class on uh, differential cash flows. So very different uh, topic. Beautiful. Oh man, you know a differential cash flows with debt service. It's a uh, part two of a of a of a course. So yeah, that's uh, that's where you can find me, folks. And uh, Sam, I just want to say, man, thanks for having me on here, bud. Yeah, anytime. Hopefully, we get to talk again soon. And uh, if you're down here in Texas, South South Texas, North Texas, give me a call and uh, we'll link up. Sounds like a plan, my brother. All right. Thank you, Josh. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Clean Money, where we talk about sustainable investing that improves society. We are passionate about creating great investment returns to investors who want to use their money to make a positive social impact in the world. If you enjoyed the episode, we'd appreciate a five-star review. And if you are interested in making your investing matter, please connect with us at wildmountaincapital.com. Or you can find me, Samuel Sells, on LinkedIn, on Twitter at Sells underscore Samuel, on Instagram at Clean Money Sam, or on Facebook. And finally, make your investing matter.